Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Sean, and welcome to today's episode. You know, last week we talked about real estate teams. We talked about what what makes people want to start them in the first place, how they work, what it takes to grow one. And we talked about what teams look like today compared with what they were years ago and where we think teams are going in the future. Today, I want to ask ourselves a different question. I want to ask, still in the, in the realm of teams, I want to ask a different question. The question I want to ask is, are teams even a good deal? So... When, when looking at this, I think we've got to ask ourselves a few questions. Well, first of all, why would someone start a team and what makes them capable of doing it at a high level? Because I think that's going to answer some of the questions as to whether or not you're going to get the benefit you need from it. Uh, when you join a team, what do you get? And then finally, hopefully that'll lead us to the answer of are real estate teams a good deal anyways? And we're going to look at reasons that someone might consider joining a team, reasons that someone should plan or maybe consider not joining a team. And then finally, I'm, I'm going to share some perspective I have on whether or not a real estate team might be right for you. So the first question is, why would jump, someone join a team? And I really think that the most important thing to look at in a team is the person who founded that team and what their skill set was. Usually the reason someone is able to get their business up to the point that they are building a team is because they're really good at something. They get so good at one aspect of the business that they realize one, they can't manage all the business that they have themselves, and two, that they'd actually be a lot more successful if they just focused on their sweet spot and took some other people in to care for the things that they're not so strong with. So usually that person will go and find complementary players and reward them really well for helping them build their vision. So what that means for you is if you find the right organization to join, to partner with, you can skip the pain of trying to figure out something you're not good at. And I think that the teams that are, are the most successful are the ones that are built where people have completely opposing abilities. You might be great at generating leads, but you frankly don't like the service side of the business. Maybe you don't like converting people, or maybe you're good at all of the sales process and you really just love being with your clients. But it's a total mess outside of that and you need support from people who can come in and help you actually make sure that your closings happen on time, your deals get paid, your signs are taken and, and you know, put up and taken down and, and it's the details that, that challenge you. So when you look at a team, I think the, the, the founder of the team is often going to build the strongest team if they open themselves up to finding people who are complete opposites of themselves. And think about this on a personal level. You know, we're all, typically gonna be attracted to people who are similar to us. I know there's that expression, opposites attract, but most of the time you don't find a, a duo made up of a quiet, analytical, um, socially awkward type, and someone who's gregarious, outgoing, and, and you know, over-speaking all the time. The chances of them having a, a, a healthy two-way dialogue are frankly really slim, whereas, Often people, if they're outgoing and gregarious, they like to surround themselves with other people who kind of share that same, that same energy. So this can be a real pitfall. 
and, and inexperienced leaders, they might go out and they might seek people who are just like themselves because they have fun when they're, when they're in that group. The energy is really high. Everyone's, you know, uh, everyone's high-fiving and, and guffawing and all that kind of stuff. But how are you making sure that things are followed through on? Similarly, you might have someone who's really successful at the system side. They build themselves a business that, you know, you might meet this person. You might think like, I, I never thought this person would have been successful in real estate. And I've met a lot of people who I said that about, um, not in a mean way, but just in a reflective way saying, wow, I can't believe that. And it's because they got really great at the system. They understood how to create a, a machine that would market. And they understood how, how to do it in a way that they were playing to their strengths. If that same person goes out and finds 10 more systems people and they all sit down and talk system, system, systems, they're not going to reward each other's efforts. They're all going to be focusing just on one, one point. They're going to dig themselves deeper in. So the strong leaders know this and they go out and they find people who have opposing skill sets and, and they build it in a way that the culture still so supports itself because they, they share values, but they're, they're very different. All the, all the people on the team. So I think, one of the things that a smart agent, if they're looking at joining a team and ask themselves, well, why would I do that? I think it's the opportunity to find a team that fills a gap in your skill set. Because you got one too. Every single one of us has something in our skill set that is a weak point. I'm, I'm really strong over here, but over here, I need some help. This could be the systems piece. It could be in leading others. Oftentimes, it might be as simple as the accountability. Some people just need to know that they got to show up at 9 a.m. and get started. And left to themselves, they'll start at 11, they'll start at 12. However, if they know that they have someone there who's expecting them, that's waiting on them, many people will be completely different. My experience actually, just to share, is that about half of people won't do anything, even if you, even if you, have that kind of accountability in place, especially in real estate where you're not getting paid for the hours that you render. About half of the population is just going to say, screw it, and they're not going to show up. Out of the other half of the population, a few percent will do anything and everything regardless. You don't need to check in on them. You don't need to hold them accountable. There's no need for a whip or a carrot, nothing. You just tell them the goal, you get out of their way, they run and they go do it. Oh, it's amazing. But then there's that other, whatever, 47, 48%. And these people will excel if they're in an environment that creates accountability for them. So oftentimes the reason that people join a team and the reason that they might look at it and say, this is what I should do is because they know well enough that if they're in that kind of environment where someone's holding them accountable, uh, accountable to, their, to their commitments and to their goals, they'll thrive. And that itself is worth the price of admission. So lots of different reasons. And again, it doesn't need to be accountability. It could be learning. It could be culture. It could be just wanting that you, you want to be part of something. But at the core of it, the main thing that people tend to look for is something that fills a gap in their skill set. Okay. So the next question we ask ourselves is, okay, well, we talked about some, some broad conceptual stuff. Let's get down to details. If I were to join a team, what do I get? And typically when people ask this question, they say, I get leads. 
that is the historical answer. And, and the reason is kind of rooted in how teams typically came into the business and how they typically come into being. Typically, the reason that someone starts a team is because they got more business than they can manage on their own. And I will say loudly and proudly that you should not go and start a team unless you have more than enough leads to serve your own priorities. A team is not a means to an end. A team is a means to develop something that you're already good at, okay? So most people, because of that history in real estate, they think teams are a solution to the leads problem. Most agents don't like generating leads. And so they say, well, you know what? If I join a team, they'll give me leads and then I just have to do the fulfillment part. And I'm gonna say that you shouldn't join a team for leads. You shouldn't. Leads are a dime a dozen. You know what, you could just go hire a company and they'll generate leads for you. You could get off your, your, your rear end, get out the door and go generate leads yourself for you know almost no investment or free five days a week. There's no good reason to join a team solely for leads. Leads are a perk they're not even one of the main categories of why someone might consider joining a team. Now, I will say again, teams typically, well-run teams, have so much in place that they empower their agents to go and create leads in a more, uh, a more powerful way than they could on their own. And in addition to that, they're doing so much business that leads tend to come to you. But the, the highest performing teams, their agents are, are involved to such an extent in the business and in their database and in their activities that really only about 25% of the transactions that an agent on a team writes actually come from the team. Everything else is going to be spurred from the environment that they're in. So, so leads are not the reason. So if, if not leads, why join a team? Well, I've got three main reasons. And the first one is leadership. Here's the deal. This business is hard, right? I say all the time that it's a simple business. It's not that complicated, but it is not easy. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's a hard business. And, and just to survive in this business past a few years, you gotta be in a small percentage of people who actually make it. The truth is that about 80% of realtors drop out after just a few years of holding a license. Typically when they come up for their two year renewal, it's a very common amount of time on most real estate boards that you have to kind of finish your articling courses and stuff like that. So agents come up for a renewal, about four out of five of them don't even renew. So the majority of the industry drops out in their first five years of business. So just to get past that is frankly challenging. What's crazy to think about is that the majority of the deals are written by a really slim percentage of the agents. To be one of the top 1%, you're not one in a hundred, you're typically one in a thousand. That top few percent of agents who are writing deals are writing so many deals, it's absolutely staggering when compared with people who are the average. For example, on my real estate board, we have a, an average number of transactions per agent per year of about 2.8. So the average agent, and for most boards, you'll see this being between 1.5 and 4 deals per year on average. And yet there are a number of teams on any real estate board that are doing three, 400 deals a year. Often five, six, seven, we see teams writing 1,000 deals a year. So when you are in an environment that the people who are the high producers are so far ahead of the people who are average, there's a really compelling reason that someone getting started would want to be around that person. That person has grit. 
they've got longevity, they've got consistency, and they are clearly a strong business person. No one writes 400 deals or 500 deals alone. They understand the business side of it. They understand leadership. And so the first thing that I'd say, the number one reason that anyone should consider joining a team for what they get is leadership. You get to be in business with that person, okay? That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is a general thing that teams do, and, and that is services. They provide services. So an agent starting a team has to go through several years of, frankly, discomfort. You start out, you're doing it all yourself, right? Like if you don't have a maid, then you are the maid. You're cleaning your own floors or you live in a dirty house. And when you're running a business, if you're, if, if having a high level of quality in the service that you provide is important to you, well, guess what? You've got to keep your house clean. You got to make sure that things happen at the time that you said they were going to happen. You got to make sure your deals close with accurate paperwork. You got to make sure that your clients get the gifts that they were promised. All those little things need to happen. And so what happens, you start out doing all that yourself and that's not sales. That's not what we got into this for, but it's important. It's really important. And after we've done that for maybe a year or often two, we, we bring an administrator in and that person takes that off our plate, but you're not done. You've got to show that person what the expectations are. You've got to nurture them. You've got to support them when they fall down and help them find solutions to the problems and, and lead them to be the support structure that you need and then lead them to become leaders and build out the administrative side of your business. Cause it's, it's never just one person. It's always in a large team going to be a group serving as an administrative hub. This takes years. It takes hundreds of thousands of dollars in salaries and, and, you know, failed bets and uh, opportunities that didn't lead the way that you thought they would. It takes a long time and you get to skip that. So the services side of the business is everything that goes into making it work. So joining a team, you're stepping into, you know, a, a well-oiled machine. You get to jump in and sit behind the driver's seat and really do what you came here to do. In real estate, there's five things you do that generate money. We build our skills, scripting and role-playing. We lead generate, we lead follow-up, we attend appointments and we negotiate contracts. Those are the five things that bring dollars into your world. Well, guess what? We actually tend to spend about 80% of our time doing the administrative stuff. Very little of our actual time is spent on those five jobs. So joining a team, if you look at it from the right perspective, you should be able to be five times more productive because they're gonna take all of that off your plate and you're just gonna be doing that 20% high dollar productivity activities and you have the opportunity to do them all day long, five times as much time. So services are a huge one. And then the third area that I think a lot of people overlook when they consider being part of a larger organization or a team is opportunity. So. There's a lot of ways that being part of a large organization could represent an opportunity. And I think we look at this really topically. We say leads, clients, income. But I like to look at it from the wider perspective. You know, people getting into real estate often think that they're gonna want to do the same part of real estate for their entire career. And often people do. I see a lot of agents who are exceptional at their, their job they transact an, a brilliant amount. They have a nice little simple business where they're chugging out listings and it just, it works for them. And at the same time, a large organization 
needs all kinds of specialization to be built into it. Maybe you start as the agent and you fall in love with the phones and you decide that you want to build out an inside sales department, a, a team of phone callers. Maybe you start out as a buyer's agent and you end up being the lead buyer agent who has a number of people working underneath them. Maybe after a little while, you get so good at that that you decide you want to take over management of the entire sales side of the business and you, you get the experience of training and coaching and holding accountable an entire team of really talented people. What I'm getting at is that even within a team, there are so many roles that you could develop to take ownership in and gain experience in. But outside of a team, there are so many opportunities inside of real estate that most people don't see when they look peripherally from the surface. You might decide that you want to get into leadership in a brokerage. You might want to open a, a, a digital solution to provide a service to agents. There are so many avenues that you can explore and different ways to make money inside this industry. And right now it's going through this reimagination phase where we're looking at, frankly, what it's going to become in the future. It's really changed in the past decade and the next decade will probably be where that comes to fruition, where we kind of figure out what real estate's going to look like, if anything, for the next few decades. So being part of the leadership side of the business is really exciting because it gives you an eyeball into what it's like to actually own a real estate business, not just serve within one. Okay. So are real estate teams even a good deal? Are they? Well, there are trade-offs. I like to take the money and the leads out of it when I look at a real estate team. And, and I'm not saying money isn't important. I'm saying it's obviously a consideration, but it's a small consideration compared with the wider arc. Don't look at what you're going to earn this year or next. Look at the longer picture of where you want to go with your life, what you want your business to look like, and the opportunity that it, re it represents to be part of that, that organization, be next to that leader, have the access to the services and support that they represent, and the growth path that you really want to take. I often tell people that joining a team will either be the best decision you ever make or the worst decision. We're going to come back to that in a, in a minute. Here are a few reasons I think it's a great idea to join a real estate team. First of all, there's an incredible income opportunity. Starting your own real estate business is expensive. You're not earning any money while you're getting started most of the time. And even when you do earn money, there's expenses that come with serving the clients that you take in. Running the business is more expensive than most people think. When you look at a well-run real estate team, usually they only net between 35 and 50% of their gross revenues. And big ones usually only net between 10 and maybe 25%. It's not a huge amount of juice for the squeeze. And it means that you need to do a tremendous amount of transactions just to keep the lights on. An individual agent, you might be able to net between 75 and 80% on a really good day, but there's always going to be expenses associated with a, a real estate business. So on a real estate team, they're paying all of that. Okay. They're paying all of that and they give you an environment of productivity and a ton of support. So in terms of profitability, you're not waiting to get your business to the point that it's serving you the way that it should be. You're just in an environment that you can go out and do what you actually came here to do and reap all of the profits from it after obviously the team is cared for in their splits. There's no overhead, there's no surprises. So that's an amazing opportunity. The second reason is that trying to do it all yourself is hard. Uh, uh, systems are hard. 
the organizational side of it on the back end is really hard. Figuring out how to create consistent lead flow is really hard. Holding yourself accountable is hard. And all of this needs to be carried out at a high level simultaneously for this thing to work. It's not a simple endeavor. So, you know, I would just look at that and say, well, do you want to take on the challenge of building everything from the ground up? Or do you like the idea of just kind of tagging into something that's already operational, working well, and coming here to do maybe what you really want to do, which is sell real estate. And then the, the, the final reason that I think people should consider it is that long-term partnerships are fun. You know, this business is a lonely business. You'll hear this said over and over again. And it's because there's a lot of rejection. It's, it's really challenging. And it's something that often you're left to yourself to kind of pick yourself up and dust yourself off when things don't go the way that you want them to. Simultaneously, it's also lonely when it's going well. In real estate, you might close on a commission check of 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 or often even more. And when you have these huge landfalls, you can't tell anyone about it. Imagine turning to a friend of yours who earns $60,000 a year and bragging about your $50,000 paycheck. You're gonna be completely out of sync with them. And for that reason, you've got no support on the highs or the lows. So having a long-term relationship where you're in partnership with someone, where you have that kind of environment, that camaraderie, that support, it's really nice. It gives you the opportunity to be part of something that's bigger than just yourself. Now, I also like to point out that real estate's really transactional. You'll have these deals where you get to be part of someone's bigger story in their life, right? They, they, you, you got the grandma and she's struggling financially and she can't figure out how to get out of her home and you work with her and you create solutions and through what you do, you're able to effectively better that person's life. It feels great. And yet the majority of your transactions are going to be just that. They're going to be transactions. You, you work with the investor who's selling the condo and they don't really care what you do or who you are. They just want to know how long is it going to take? Do I need to do any work? What am I going to net? Right? So being in a longer term relationship with someone, you get to better them, they get to better you, you get to grow together, you get to learn together, you get to challenge each other, and hopefully you both become wealth determiners for each other. You both get to have an impact on the level and size of what the other person's world can grow to be. There's a lot of reasons you might not want to join a team as well. The wrong team can really set you back. Not all real estate teams are a good deal. Frankly, I think most real estate teams are haphazard at best. I see a lot of people starting real estate teams who have little to no experience. They don't have a clear plan. They don't know how they're going to support their agents. Often, I see people starting real estate teams without even having anyone on the administrative side. So you come in and back to the whole concept of if you, if you don't have a maid, you are the maid. You're your own maid. So what are you doing here? And so... When I say it can set you back, what I mean is that time is so crucial in a real estate business. The, the longer it takes you to, to get into forward motion, to start gaining clients, to build that pipeline and your database, the longer it takes, the, the further back you are from being where you need to be. The, the arc of your career, the size of the database that you can build over that whole arc is gonna be a big determiner of 
how much you earn, how much your business is worth. And so if you start out on the wrong team and you burn through two years trying to make it work, well, chances are you're not building a really effective database. In fact, most well-run teams, you, you don't take the people that you brought into your world with you when you leave. You're, you're starting from scratch. So a long team can set you way back in terms of personal growth. And even if you write a whole bunch of deals with them, it's not worth it. Because sure, you made a little bit of money, but in the long run, the time that you spent will, will not be worth the delay in you growing the accumulation of clients you need to get to where you need to be, okay? The second reason is a really simple one. You're gonna have to write more deals. The majority of real estate teams are taking a, 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 an arrangement where a, a portion of the commission on the deals that are written are shared with the team. That's almost all of them do something along those lines. And it's usually somewhere between 50%, uh, call it around 50%. Some teams start at 50 and go up as you write more deals. Other teams start a little under depending on the deals they give you. Every team's a little bit different, but the majority of teams are going to take a percentage of your commission. And this can work if it's a symbiotic relationship where through your partnership with them, you're doing a lot more deals. And at the same time, you gotta be aware of the fact that you're gonna to have to serve more clients. It's gonna take more of that aspect from you. So if you don't have enough clients to serve, if what you're doing with the team isn't working, well, you might be sharing where you're not getting enough reward and return to make it worth the trouble. So look at the team that you're coming into and ask what can they do to put jet fuel in, into me so that everything I do is more productive and I get more that way. And then the last one is a personal one. I, I'm gonna ask you to do a gut check on this. If you join a team, it means you don't get to do it all yourself. So hold on, wait, what? I said a minute ago that, you know, joining a team, you get to skip the lineup. You don't have to build everything. Well, some people like that stuff, right? Think about all the DIYers on YouTube. There are people who build things that it makes no sense to build. I always look at phyllo pastry, that pastry that you make all those tiny sheets. Why would you ever make that at home? It's dirt cheap. It's a pain in the, pain in the butt to make yourself. Go buy it at the store for a dollar or two and, and just cook it. You don't need to spend a day making it, but some people love that kind of thing. And they'll spend the day stretching it out. Some people build their own cars because it's something that they're passionate about. They like the challenge. They like the intimacy and the detail that goes into taking something from nothing and turning it into something. And if you know where that, if you know that that's where you're going and that's what you want your business to look like in, in the long run, well, again, don't waste a year or two, you know, peeking under the curtains of someone else's business thinking you're going to get trade secrets. All these businesses are pretty straightforward. It's really simple. All we're doing is, is supporting people and helping them get out and have conversations. So if you feel like you're going to want to do it all yourself in the long run anyways, why don't you just start there? And then finally, go with your gut. If you're trying to decide what you should do, weigh all of the options. Think about it. I know people will probably make spreadsheets about this with pros and cons, but trust your gut. At the end of the day, you could make all the money in the world and be around the most influential leader, but if you're following someone around who you think is an ass and you're completely out of alignment with their values, you're not going to enjoy your life. And I'm sorry, but I still prescribe to this crazy theory that I want to build businesses that are fun. I want to love 
the team I'm on. I want to love the people I'm with. I want to love the projects that I'm in. I'm not saying it's going to always be this jovial uh, entertainment to run your business. No, you're going to have to get out there and, and everybody's got to shovel some slop if they want to get to the top in this world. And at the same time, why can't it be fun along the way? So look at the values of the team. What's important to the team? Is it in alignment with you? Some teams are all about family. Some teams are all about engagement. Some teams are all about culture. Some teams are just about grinding and making money. And there's no right or wrong answer here. What's important is that you know and you measure it when you look at where you want to be and put yourself in the right environment. Look at the vision for the business. If the business doesn't have a vision to grow big enough that lets you get everything you want in your world within the envelope of how big the scope of that business has grown, well, you know then that you're going to outgrow it. Look, look at whether or not that's going to be a challenge. If the vision of the business isn't big enough, but the owners nearing the end of their career, maybe there's an opportunity there where you could assume the database and, and create a world where they get some kind of retirement package or buyout through partnering with you and leading you into ownership of the business. But make sure that you've got a long-term plan that you can see where you're gonna sit and what you're gonna be doing down the road. Ask about the cultural fit. You know, values are important, but what's the culture of the team? What's the energy like in the office? What, what do they do outside of work together to support each other, to, to, to let each other feel heard and, and to, to create that kind of, the feeling that you're more than just part of a team doing a job. You're part of a, 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 a tribe, a group. You've got a place. And then really, ask yourself what's gonna be the most fun. Again, you can make money anywhere, right? You can make money anywhere. W what are you going to enjoy? Is it, is it the person that you're sitting next to that's gonna bring you energy? Who are you gonna to wanna to be with Monday to Friday, eight till five? Frankly, probably even more. In real estate, we work crazy hours and we're rewarded well for it when we do. And at the same time, you're probably gonna spend more time with these people than you do with your own spouse. So are you gonna have fun? And is it gonna get you to your end game, right? What's the long-term plan that you have for your life? Does this opportunity feed you getting there? If it doesn't, don't do it. Just go do your own thing. And if it does, take your ego out of it and saddle up to someone who can give you some tools and resources that let you skip the lineup and, and get to where you want to be faster. As always, thank you for your time. I'm Sean and I'll see you on the next one.